It is March 2nd, 2021, and Dad and I are here um, doing our interview on brothers, sisters, and cousins. So um, I also want to say that I am keeping my feet warm with Dad's roasty toasty heater that I think everyone listening to this interview can picture. Lakewood. Lakewood. Brown. You guys, the brown heater that we all sat in front of with the metal grate. Which has a modified lengthy cord. Yes. So that I could really move it around from room to room. Or not room to room, but within the room. exactly. I didn't like the short cords they put on there. Right. Anyway. So it's good. It's just good to be able to picture the scene. Also, Sophie's having a piano lesson upstairs, so we can hear that. That's just background music while we share our life. That's right. Or my life. All right. Well, Dad, we're going to start with brothers and sisters. How many brothers and sisters do you have? And you want to tell us their names and kind of where you are in the birth order. Okay. So I am part of... uh, a family with seven children. Uh, I have, I had two older brothers, two older sisters, and two younger brothers. Um, so let's see. As I would, as I would go through their names. Then, from oldest was Jim. He is uh, eight years, roughly, my older than me. And then Jean came next. She is like six years older than me. Then Dolores, and she is about, I think, I want to say about two and a half years, roughly. Uh, Yes. And then uh, that's everybody older than me. Then there's, oh, wait, and my brother Steve was about a year older than me, and he died when I was ten. And we'll probably go into a lot of more details about that at another time. Yep. And uh, so then my younger, two younger siblings, are Danny was next in line. I would say he's about two and a half years younger than me. And Randy, about three and a half years younger than me. Interesting little side note. My two younger brothers, Danny and Randy, were born on the same day a year apart. That is amazing. We always said they were, or they always said, or we kind of said they were twins a year apart. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. But they were not really twins, of course. And then you all, um, two different fathers were part of Grandma's life story. Yes. Do you want to clarify that, Dad? Sure. My mother's first husband, she had no children with. Uh, he died in the war, but it wasn't it wasn't combat. I think he died from sickness, disease, whatever he had. Um, then my mother married the second time, and the first. Well, this isn't that much about my mom, but but my first, her first husband, I think, was a good man. Her second husband was not a good man, um, uh, and. But anyway, so she had two children with him. His name was Earl. Um, Jim and Jean. Jim and Jean were born uh, in a marriage with Earl. And uh, and I just, just uh, he wasn't a good man. What do you mean by that? Well, he, 
he physically and verbally abused my mom, so I'll just leave it at that. But it also, I think, was something that uh, I'm sure had a traumatizing effect, probably mostly on Jim, because I think I think by the time Jean was born, probably not long after that, she probably, I think, probably divorced him and finally parted ways with him. But I think Jim probably experienced the most trauma. Uh, and so, and Jim is a, a wonderful brother and, uh, and a good man. But uh, I think Jim's had struggles over the years a lot. From the trauma he had as a kid, and some, so sometimes he can, you know, he can, he can get really angry at a moment's notice or something like that. But I, but I would say, I would say Jim has done well considering, I think some of the obstacles maybe he had to deal with because of his dad. But anyway, so Jim and Jean are half brother and sister, although of course in my mind they're full brother and sister as anybody else is. Yeah. In in uh, as siblings. Yeah. Um so yeah, okay, different. Uh and then my mother's uh third marriage was to my father. His name was Quentin. Uh Quentin Alma. And uh so she had the rest of us kids with him. I'm not sure but I think somewhere along the line, my mom probably had a couple of miscarriages, so I may have two other siblings in heaven that I've never seen. Mm. They died at birth, or died maybe before birth. Yeah. Um, so I think she had two, but I don't know when they, those happened, if they happened after. I think they happened after me, and they might have even happened after uh, Randy. My best guess would be maybe she had a hysterectomy by then or something. Okay. Anyway, neither here nor there, I suppose, about uh, talking about siblings and our relationship together. So, yeah, those are the siblings. I don't know. All right. No, that's good. What you want to hone in on next? So, well, then, you know, you have so many, but uh, tell me about your brothers and sisters. Any unusual, interesting, or amusing incidents that come to mind that you want to share? Well, actually, this could get pretty long. That's okay. But I, I tend to go chronological. Yep. And um, so maybe it uh, be easiest for me to maybe start with Jim and maybe some of the things I remember about Jim in, our growing up, in my growing up experience. Yeah. Work my way down the line. Yeah. So uh, Jim, um, uh, Jim was, uh, well, of course, he was eight years older and I always looked up to him. You know, as an older brother, I remember some good experiences. We used to have to sleep in the same room, and uh, for the most part. So I remember for a time, till Jim got his own room, I remember we were in the same room. Uh, uh, I was pretty young at this time, and Jim was maybe, Jim was maybe, you know, he could have been around 10 or 12 or something in there, but... I remember once in we're up in the bedroom and he's singing songs. So actually, Jim can I think sings fairly well, but I don't normally think of him as going around singing. Yeah. But uh, he would sing some of the. I think he was in Cub Scouts, Boy Scouts, 
uh, where he got these songs. They were songs from something like that. Uh, so maybe he was a Boy Scout for a year or two. Yeah. But I remember him singing the song, something about caissons, you know, and the caissons go rolling along, and it's over here, over there, time to hit the dusty trail. Da 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 da. And I remember him singing that. Yeah. And then we say, sing us another. I remember asking, sing us another one. And so that was like a good experience. We had some experiences where, um, uh, you know, I was pesky little brother kind of guy. So I mean, Jim wasn't always wasn't always nicey nicey. But then again, what brothers and sisters always are anyway. And uh, I could be annoying sometimes too. So uh, I don't know if I should. I should probably go through each one. But I can share some experiences that involved more than one sibling at yeah. one time. Like I can tell you the crazy basement story and electricity, and maybe I, did I share some? I shared some of that maybe in in the one you, you interviewed did. You about did. Uh, the last one. The Danny and I working with electricity, and Jim's upstairs trying to watch sports, yes. and we're okay. So you that did one's tell that one in a previous episode, so I won't repeat it. Um. So. Uh, but let's go to um, and Jim was and Jim was Jim like had Jim was a good hard worker. I mean, he worked. He he got a paper route, and I remember he did really good at that. He he took a paper route that that the guy the kid before him wasn't take care caring taking care of it very well at all. Mm-hmm. It was in it was a mess, and Jim took it over. And of course, my mom helped him for a while, but Jim. He got that thing in ship shape, and he was a good. He that paper was between the door. He didn't just throw the paper up on a porch, kind of thing. And yeah, he got. I think he got good tips. And I just remember my mom bragging on him sometimes about okay. and the paper route and how good he was. And so Jim had a paper. Jim was much more ambitious than me. I never. I didn't get a job, a real job. I mean, I cut some lawns to make a, a dollar here and a dollar there. But I never really got out and got a real job too much until I was, you know, 17, 8, really 18 before I got on a regular regular job. Actually, out of, out of my college here. Yeah. I did do some work. I did do some work, as long as I'm on that subject. I did do some work up at Hazi's Bar, some electrical work. But that was a kind of a, not a, I don't know. I guess that would probably be considered a regular job, but it wasn't like working for a store or something. Yeah. I won't get into all of that. I just wanted to say that I basically didn't really get a job till I was kind of done with done with my one year of college or, yeah. and a few jobs in the summer where I earned some money. But even at that, I was like 16 or more. Yeah. But Jim, I mean, he was doing a paper out already probably by the time he was 12, and then he got a job. In high school, he worked at uh, he worked at uh, uh, a grocery store. It was called Red Owl Grocery Store, and and then uh, so Jim was always he was always he was working. Plus, he he got good grades too. I think Jim got pretty good grades. Um, so anyway, so that's Jim. I'll go on to Jean. Jeannie was really, I would say Jeannie was really the probably the most second mom in the family 
uh, girl person mm -hmm. in our family. Amy, I would compare you to her a lot because hmm. you were, you were as we were growing up, you were someone that your mother and I could always depend on to be that parent if we weren't there or even to help grandma when she had to be in responsible sure so Jeannie was that kind of person she yeah. was and I, I remember Jeannie just she was very always very loving very encouraging uh, I can't ever remember her having a negative word towards me she would always encourage me and break me up uh, and I thought the world of her, and I idolized her. Of course, she was my older sister, and I idolized her. Plus, she was very, she was very intelligent, very good at school, straight A's. She got scholarships to college. She even got a scholarship, uh, one-year scholarship to Switzerland. Um, yeah, I believe she, out of high school, she went to, I think it was, well, it was Marquette University in, in um, Milwaukee, uh, from there, she went post post college. She went to uh, Fletcher, which I think is part of Harvard. Mm -hmm. So she got into those kind of schools, mm -hmm. um, which just indicates her her, I guess, not only intelligence. It's more than that. It, mm -hmm. It's drive, and uh, so I, that was far from who I was. <laughs> But anyway, she, so she was always, um, I remember when she was there as the one in charge, you know. Yeah. We, we would, you know, uh, she would be a little bit more lenient than, say, my mom. And my mom was working a lot. Um, so a lot of times my mom wasn't there. Sometimes my grandma was there, but sometimes she wasn't. Sometimes Jeannie was in charge. Yeah. So Jeannie was mom. And I, yeah. Can I do this? Can I do that? Well, she would be more lenient than my mom. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember a specific instance, but uh, sometimes if I'd ask for permission from my mom and got to know when Jeannie was there, she would kind of be on my side to, you know, like, hey, the, the kids are going for a hike. I think there was one time they were going for a hike, and it was going to be way past my boundary that I normally had, and my mom said no, and I think... And anyway, of course, I was in tears and crying, and my neighbor, my neighborhood friends were all going to go, but I couldn't go because it was out of my boundary range. I think Jeannie stood up for me, and I think she finally uh, talked my mom into letting me. Aww. And uh, so then I did get to go with them, even though it was past my boundaries. Yeah. Anyway, so that's the kind of sister she was. Uh, I Yeah, I just remember... Yeah, she was always a good place to go mm -hmm. for somebody to make me feel good or encourage me or tell me I was, yeah, you know. And she's still like that she, to this day. Yeah, she is. Anytime you talk to her. She always, she always, yeah, anytime I talk to her, she's, she's always builds me up way higher than I think I belong, but that's just who she is. Mm -hmm. So can't say enough good things about my sister Jean. My sister Dolores would be next, and she was a uh, she was she was a good sister too. But I, I don't think I was as close to her growing up. Jeannie didn't have the uh, Dolores wasn't the mom type like Jeannie was. In fact, she was not. In fact, Dolores was more the 
uh, prone to, you know, run with the crowd that does things they shouldn't be doing. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, she was with the in crowd in school and all of that. and and uh, But she, she had to help. Uh, she had some. She had some chores to do. That uh, my mom, uh, you know, she, I think we had to scrub the kitchen floor on a somewhat regular basis. You know, we had a family of seven running around there, and mm-hmm. and, and since you know, after after the age of ten, my dad wasn't even there. So, you know, my mom had to try to keep the house clean. Well, she certainly was going to use Jeannie and. And Dolores, and once Jeannie left for college, now it was just Dolores. And Dolores would have, like, she, I remember Dolores ironing shirts and things and having to wash the floor in the kitchen and all of that. And mm-hmm. um, so, um, uh, yeah, so Dolores, Dolores worked hard to, you know, I, I can't remember having that many chores myself. I had to take care of the garbage. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like to the if something was broke, usually it was me that my mom would ask, "Could you could you fix it?" You yeah, know, like we had gotten a dishwasher. I mean, it was a little older by then. I was probably twelve or so, but eleven or twelve. But like the dishwasher, after a couple of years, you know, it was starting to break down. Well, David, do you think you can fix it? And so here I am, opening that sucker up and looking at how does this work and what. And, yeah. So I know a time or two I got it going again. Yeah. Um, so uh, I should keep going. Dolores, um, like I said, I wasn't real close to Dolores. I remember Dolores taking me downtown one time. I think I talked earlier about Christmas time when we'd get money from our, at Christmas time from uh, uh, our, our, um, Uncles or grand, you know, grandma. Yeah. Particularly, we I think we usually got money from uh, the Almer side, where it was my uncle Roger. We were close to him, and he was close to us, so he'd always give us five bucks. And I think my my godfather, he'd always give me at least three, sometimes maybe five. But I remember one time I thought Uncle Roger gave me five. Uncle Harmon, my godfather, he only gave me three, and I'm his godson. You know, I was thinking, <laughs> you know, at least I'm nobody, you know, not that I'm nobody to Uncle Roger, but I mean, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just a regular yeah. nephew to Uncle Roger, but I'm the godson of this one. The Uncle yeah. Roger gave me more. You know, I'm comparing yeah. money, blah, blah, blah. But uh, I, I'm getting off on a tangent here. That's okay. But anyway, so we get this money at Christmas time. Which I think I talked about in an earlier one here. Yeah. And I remember Dolores one time um, uh, taking us, you know, let's go downtown. And we'd have to walk all the way downtown. And that's kind of a far ways to go, especially by yourself when I was at a younger age. So she's, she said, you want, she, let's, she, you know, I'm going downtown. You want to go with me? Let's go downtown. And, and she, I went with her and I don't even, I think that one time, it's probably only one memory that I'm really thinking of. I don't know if she did it every year, but just I remember this one particular time. I think we actually, I think I actually bought a, an air mattress of all things. Really? And here it is. It's winter time, you know, but I'm anticipating uh, you know, us going up north and being able to use it up north. We couldn't use it in the pool in Deep Pier. They didn't allow stuff in the pool area. Yeah. Especially, you know, they couldn't have... The pool was packed anyway. 
just with people. There was sure room for people to bring air mattresses and toys in that pool, so yeah. they, they didn't allow that. But I anyway, I knew I'd be able to use it up north. Uh, so, oh, like a raft. Yeah, like a raft. Or I'm just thinking this will be cool. Like I have, this is like a boat, you know. Yeah. I got a, I got an air mass. I can lay on this thing and like I can, you know. Yeah. Truth is, you know, an air mat, cheap air mattress. They, yeah. It don't take long, and all of a sudden they develop a hole, and they, they don't even hold you up anymore. But, but you're dreaming about all this. And oh, so yeah. I bought one, you know. And so anyway, I just remember going downtown with her. I remember. And I don't know if it was this time or maybe a different time I was downtown with her. I might have been getting a little older. And she um, and she told me that I should open the door for her when we go in the store. And I thought, and I don't remember if I went along with it or not. I might have and I might not have. I don't know. I might have, I might have blew her off and said, get serious. <laughs> <laughs> But then again, maybe I did open the door. I, I wish I could remember. But I remember the incident. And so it was It was her telling me as a boy that I needed to show some chivalry. And this is... And so she must have been pretty young because... I was going to say, this doesn't sound like Dolores. Yeah, I think this is Dolores still living in the, in the culture that we were in at that time. This is the early 60s, and this was before feminism went way overboard, you know, in the 70s. It got crazy, and I won't get into all that. But in the 60s, there was still a pretty tra- pretty, pretty traditional yet um, uh, men-women roles, so mm-hmm. to speak. That, that hadn't got super challenged until the late 60s. Into the 70s, it got worse. Whatever. So I think she was living the culture that we were still pretty much a part of, mm-hmm. that culture at that time. So, but, I, you know, it stuck with me, and mm-hmm. I actually still, I always did sort of have that, I think from an early age, even before I got knowledgeable about the Bible and yeah. and a clear, clear, what do I want to say, clear, clear differences between men and women and how women are treated and how men are treated. But I always, I always liked the chivalry thing. I liked the idea. I mean, even when I first started dating your mother, I opened the door for her and uh, made a point of opening her door for her. Mm-hmm. And I thought, that's, that's guy should do that mm-hmm. and show respect and honor and all of that. And uh, actually, I still do to this day, not 100%. But a lot of times I will, I will, uh, most of the time, I, if I get the chance, I'll open the door. I mean, sometimes your mother's out. She's going to wait for me to come around and open the door. Yeah. But if she did wait, I'd be happy to do it. So Dolores planted the seed. Yes. There are decades of chivalry. All that, just, yes, I would sum it up that way. Dolores planted seeds of chivalry. In yes. Me, and I doubt that she even knows it. That is a good story. <laughs> That's a great story. So, let me go on here. Um, I could probably tell more stories about Dolores, but... Uh, uh, I should probably keep going. Um, so then there was Steve, mm-hmm. and um, he was a year, a year older than me, and... Uh, I remember looking up to Steve a lot. 
I mean, I wanted Steve to like me, but I think I was like the pesky little brother that sometimes you wish would leave you alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I think a lot of the time I I was maybe somewhat annoying and he so I didn't feel the love from Steve that much. Not that he didn't love me or care about me, but I yeah. was I was his pesky little brother. Yeah. So that's just the way it was and he, and he treated me you know, he let me know sometimes. But there were times when we did play. Uh Steve was Steve was really good. So Steve was 11, so this was I got to know Steve up till Steve was 11. Yeah. But Steve was very good at pretending uh, and doing and big things in those days was was westerns and war movies and whatever. And so Steve was very good at at setting up armies to attack each other and all of that stuff. Okay. And he actually had army men. I remember Steve having a cavalry set. And like I said, westerns were big. The cavalry, um, uh, cowboys and Indian stuff. So we actually, you, you, you'd buy things in those days. That was Those were toys. Yeah. You'd, you'd buy a whole set of, uh, it would have a fort. And uh, it would have army men and, you know, cavalry men. And it would have Indians. And you could have Indian attacks come on your... And he did all that, and he was into all of that. And I wanted to get in on it, but a lot of the times I think he just wanted me to stay out of his way. But sometimes he'd let me. But I had to be the—I always had to be the attacking side that lost. <laughs> so if it was cowboys and Indians, I would have to be the Indians. Yeah. Or <clears throat> I even remember, though, going to my grandma, who lived in the same neighborhood as we did. She was half a block away on the other side of the street. And we were, I remember being at her house. Sometimes, and I remember being there with Steve, and maybe there was a few times when maybe we just had to be there. Uh, maybe my mom left us there for her to watch, probably in our younger years, uh, uh, single-digit ages. Yeah. Um, and so I, I have this memory of um, my grandma always played cards. This is a little side note, but she always played cards. She was in a card club and the old ladies would get together and they'd go every week every week they'd be at someone else's house or something okay. anyway she was part of a card club yeah of older ladies that played cards together and she loved that but so consequently of course she always had plenty of cards yeah playing, playing cards and of course older decks that were too used up to play cards with anymore but they were still pretty good cards so when we wanted something to play with, she didn't have a lot of toys around her house, but she had a deck of cards, decks of cards. Yeah. So she'd give us each an old deck of cards, and we could play with them. Well, I remember Steve, he turned that into a into an army scenario. If it was cowboys and Indians, or if it was just, you know, World War II stuff, you know, the good guys, bad guys. Yeah. And he would line them all up in rows, and then you'd move them along the floor a little too... Uh, and get them closer to to each other. But then, when you get the two the two armies together, and of course, it was all face down. Yeah. And um, but then you'd start like you know you'd you'd play pretend like you know make believes you're shooting at or or fighting or whatever. And then when the one one you'd flip the card over, that one's dead. You'd flip yeah. a couple on your side and a few on the other side. Well, so anyway, I just remember. Uh, That's cool. Him and I having a war then, of course. 
but I I could never be the one to win. Yeah. I'd flip over some of his, and he'd flip over some of mine, but he wouldn't let me flip over too many of his. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he'd let me flip a few over. Yeah. But I always got all mine flipped over before all his were flipped over. Right. And he won the war. <laughs> right, right, right. He was older. Yeah, he was older. Yeah. So, and then there was a story I told earlier, but I'm I'm sure I told that story about about the, your hat, about my hat, yep. and how he rest, how he rescued. He he got my hat back for me and said, "Hang on to it this time." Yeah. <laughs> but he got it for me, and I didn't expect that out of him because, mm-hmm. like I said, we were a little at odds. I remember sitting up. I remember this is the old part of this is the old. You don't. You of my kids that may be listening to this won't remember the house in De Pere. Um, this was an older version of that house before it was remodeled. So there was a stairwell that came. It went up actually the side of the house that's on Charles Street, the mm-hmm. street that goes by the park. Yeah. So there was a, at the, the older version of the house, there was a stairwell that went up that side of the house. And then I think there was a landing, and then there was a few more steps that went up into where there were two rooms but i can remember steve and i sitting on that landing and it was like a smaller window but it was big enough for the two of us to sit there and look out that window and i remember us watching uh there's a street up at the far end of the park it's called webster yeah and you kids probably know what street that is too yeah and uh the cars would come would come down and i remember looking at that at night you'd only see the two headlights and to me, they just looked like the cars were facing us as they went along. But, of course, they weren't. Because, yeah. But all you could see was the headlight. I just remember staring at that with Steve, huh. watching those cars come. Yeah. No big deal. Just something I remember doing with Steve. Yeah. Um, huh. So, yeah, I don't know how much else there is really to share. There's probably more, but it's not coming to me. So let's go down to, I think I hit now my younger two brothers. So there was Danny and Randy. Yeah. So uh, they, Danny, and I was probably closest to Danny and Randy as far as siblings that we did things with. Because as we got older, even going up north, it was always us three and my mom. Dolores was getting older. She wanted to be where her school friends were. Yeah. Stuff they were doing and whatever. Yeah. And so usually when we went up north, it was my mom and me, Danny and Randy. Okay. And so we had a lot of experiences together up north and playing together and sometimes fighting together, but not that often. We played together pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Danny, I would say, maybe had a lot of Steve in him because mm. Danny was always very good, too, at being creative and pretending. Uh, he could play for hours on end. Like up north, he'd be playing. There's a little stream that went behind a little cottage we had on. It was not right on Green Lake, but it was kind of across a road. It was a little lake up north that we had a little cottage on for a while. Yeah. And there was a little creek that went around the back of that property. And Danny would play back there for hours pretending Mm. stuff. And I didn't pretend. I didn't play that much with him down there. Danny and I were the ones that were usually in the basement. Yeah. Work, working on stuff. This is post my dad's death, though. We were we were getting into our you know early teens and stuff, so yeah. there was a lot of that going on. But yeah, them as being littler kids, um, Danny, Danny was smaller. Um, 
than Randy. Mm-hmm. Randy has a bigger build than Danny. And I remember by the time Randy was a year old, I think he was as big as Danny, if not bigger. Yeah. So I think that probably could have been a little intimidating for Danny, just having a younger brother that's as big or bigger than you are. Usually yeah. a, your younger brother you can kind of boss around or push around. You're mm-hmm. bigger than they are, but not, not in that case. Um, uh, sometimes when we tease each other and call each other names, I think Randy had a name. We called him Fat Boy. He wasn't really fat. Yeah. But he was bigger. Yeah. He was just bigger. Uh, and Danny was smaller than Randy, so then we'd pick on him and we'd call him, you know, if we had little names we'd pick on each other with. Yeah. Like, what did we call Danny? We'd think of things like, like, uh, milligram or, or, you know, something that infers something tiny. Yeah. But I think he probably got that kind of thing because he was smaller than his younger brother. Yeah. And Danny's not really tiny small. He's an yeah. average-sized man and everything like that, but just he was just smaller bone, yeah. smaller frame. And, and Randy's taller, too. Randy's taller, yeah. As, yep. as grown men, Randy's the tallest of all of us. Yeah. Um, so anyway, there was little things like that going on. Okay. I remember there was a, I remember there was a bit of a pecking order. And, and almost, it was almost like, how can I, how can I explain this? Uh, I'll just use an example. Let's say if Randy... I don't know. Well, let's say Danny's the older. Let's say they got in a fight and Danny made Randy cry. Yeah. I would stick up. I would stick up for Randy and make Danny pay, you know. First of all, we we never could, like, just beat each other up. I mean, that was not allowed yeah. I mean, there was no way we were going to be hitting each other in the face, giving each other bloody nose, you know, serious fighting. Mm-hmm. One way or the other, and I'd say mostly it was my mom, made it clear that was not allowed. Yeah. And we, we knew we'd pay big price for that. Mm-hmm. But brothers will be brothers, so there might have been a little hitting once in a while. But we knew if we hit, if we hit one another it was maybe just to cause a little pain usually it was in the arm yeah you weren't going to hit in the face you weren't going to slug him in the gut yeah nothing like that so yeah it was more of a pain hit in fact i remember my brother steve getting me a couple times Ooh. yeah and i could feel it you know might even put a bruise there i don't know but if he needed to inflict some pain we knew we could do it in the arm yeah <laughs> pretty much only place maybe yeah um so anyway but if if I made Danny cry, then Steve would stick up for Danny and make me pay. You know, maybe leave him alone oh. or slug me in the arm. Yeah. If Steve picked on me, Jim might come to my rescue. Ah. To I'm not saying that always happened, and it was, but that was it happened. Yeah. Some, sometimes the one that was just the older one would yeah. stick up for the younger one. Okay. So. Huh. Anyway. Uh, I know that went on. I don't have a lot of stories of exact instances, but I know it, it happened. Huh. So, um... Do you have any um, specific memories, uh, maybe from up north, or just summers, or free time, just how you spent most of your time when you and your brothers and sisters were together, or kind of uh, 
like how you how you played together. You've talked about that a little bit, but well, occasionally, usually about once a summer, there might be a, a family union reunion. Not a, necessarily a big family reunion, but at least maybe once in the summer we gather out in a park, and maybe my aunts and uncles from usually my dad's side more so. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there'd be brats and burgers and you know something out in the park now and then. Um, but I, I don't know, most, most of my memories are, as far as with brothers and sisters, are, are doing things like up north and stuff. Mm-hmm. Did I tell the story? I don't know if I told it. Like, here's a good story with Danny. I know I've told you guys this story, but it's not on tape. But it's a time that I almost took Danny's eye out. Mm-hmm. Um. And we were, so we were older by then, I think I, you know, I was probably in my teens for sure. And Danny, of course, a couple of years younger. And we were fighting over it. Leo had a couple of boats that we could use, a couple of rowboats, you know. One was smaller, one was bigger. It was kind of nice getting the smaller boat because it's, it's easier to row. You could get there faster. You could maneuver it quicker. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you were just going to be alone in a boat, the little one was the nice one to have. I think I wanted that one. I think it was a fight over the boat, I think. Somehow or other, Danny and I, Danny, I said, I want to use, no, Danny said, I got it first. No, I'm going to use it. And I wasn't getting my way. I just, so I got just plenty mad at him. And I picked up a can, and I think it even had some water in it, so that added a little weight to it. And uh, it might have been a a tin can. Uh, Back then, the stuff came in tin cans. Um. It wasn't so it was nearly as much plastic. A lot more cans and glass back then than there was plastic. Right. Even the soda came in soda came in bottles, but they weren't plastic bottles. At any rate, I'm digressing, but I'll stick with the story here. Uh, so Danny, so I picked up this can. I think it had some water in it, and I just generally threw it in his direction. Like I, you know, I probably swore at him or something. Or I said, "Fine, take your you know." Blah, 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 whatever. And I was just kind of mad, and I just threw it in his direction. Yeah. I didn't, I wasn't trying to hit him with it, and it was not on my mind at all to hurt him. Yeah. I was just mad at him. But anyway, that can caught him just above the eye, and he needed some stitches. And when mom and Leo, that time my mom had a boyfriend, Leo, that's a whole other story, Leo. Well, next week's talking about your mom. Yeah. So anyway, at that time, uh, uh, I would say Leo was like my second dad. Yeah. Uh, eventually, maybe I didn't receive him that way at first, but as the years went on, I did. We'll more talk about that later. But anyway, so Mom and Leo, we were up north, and like I said, I was probably a young teenager by then, and, uh, at least maybe 14 or something, 13 or 14. Well, they found out Danny had to go to the doctor and get some stitches, and, of course, stitches right near the eye. Well, I could have just as easily taking his eye out Mm -hmm. and i got chewed out i got chewed out big time i was too old to spank by then but i got chewed out and i remember i don't know that i defended myself so well but i remember trying to defend myself but and i was being honest i said well i wasn't trying to take his eye out i didn't mean to hit him in the eye i just threw the can yeah but it still didn't make a whole lot of difference because of what happened like well no matter what you were trying to do that the idea was you need to control your temper better than that. Yeah. And I think I learned that. That was a good lesson for me, too. Like, I could have took his eye out and 
it's kind of a good lesson to mm-hmm. you better control your temper not just sling something some direction yeah um, yeah anger so uh yeah and uh danny and randy and i we'd like to walk around the woods up there we had bb guns and we could shoot birds and chipmunks and we did a lot of that yeah uh so yeah that was pretty much most of our up north experiences did i answer your last question you did and i'm just really trying to pull out any uh any other stories you can think of maybe that just involve your siblings in general uh, well, I would say in general, too, that uh, I would say, here again, if you wanted to say there was a little click going on, yeah. here again, this would have been a teeny, more, yeah, after my dad died, years. Right. It seemed like Jimmy and Randy were closer, and me and Danny were closer. Okay. Randy was more interested in sports, and Jim loved sports. So Jim was always watching, especially on the weekends when they had a lot of sports on TV, and Jim loved watching the sports, and Randy loved sports. And so they had a mutual interest there. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they knew more about sports, and they would talk back and forth. And, I, and Danny and I, not so much. Mm-hmm. And we, we were more the geeks in the basement. Yeah. Like fooling around with electronic stuff. And yeah. All those kind of things. But when we'd come up, you know, we only had one TV. And so, you know, sometimes we'd come up, we'd all be in the same room. But uh, I remember there were times maybe I'd ask some questions about football. And this isn't to pick on Jim or anything. But, you know, siblings are siblings. And sometimes your siblings just annoy you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he would say, you know, he would he would say something like, "Quit asking all your stupid questions. You don't even know that." You know, it was kind of a put down about. Right. And then Randy would join in, and sometimes the two of them might kind of gang up. Yeah. Uh. Uh. And Randy, but I always got along good with Randy. But in that scenario, yeah, where there was an influence of the older brother, oh, then sure. Randy would take team with Jim, maybe. Yeah. And, you know, or, or maybe just more, I don't know that Randy's so much, he might just kind of laugh at what Jim said. I mean, it was, right. I don't know what it was. Just call it a little clicky thing going on. Yeah. A little sibling rivalry stuff. And, uh, I don't know, I'm sure I said, I'm sure I said some nasty things back. Um, so I'm not saying I was a little angel there and they were picking on me. Right. Uh, Keep talking. So. So, uh, yeah, and I remember, too, that uh, Randy, Randy, uh, so Randy and Jim were, Randy was pretty good with, like, they'd be watching football, but then there'd be halftime or something else going on, and Jim would always say, Jim and Randy were pretty close, I thought. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, sometimes Jim got after Randy, too, but uh, he would, uh, he would, um, uh, wanted to play a little football, just go across the street, and we had a little field there. Right now there's a parking lot there, but then there was just grass there. Yeah. And it was a good place to just cross the street, and him and Randy would go out and play, throw the football together. Uh, sometimes he'd try to get me to go out there, too, and I wasn't so good at catching the ball or whatever. But, you know, it's more fun if you got somebody defending somebody trying to catch the ball. Yeah. Randy could catch the ball very good. 
So Jim would play quarterback, and Randy would go out for a pass, and maybe I'd try to cover him. But uh, Randy was very good at catching the ball. I remember when I tried to catch the ball, I couldn't catch it. I mean, once in a great while I would, but most of the time I couldn't hold on to that ball. And Of course, a little nickname, you know, they, they would laugh and board hands, you know. You know, siblings will do that. Uh, so I know, and uh, oh, we played a lot of basketball in our driveway. Uh, just sometimes going out there just to shoot. Once the garage got built, uh, it was, and we'd even go out there in the winter sometimes. Uh, I remember even shoveling the snow. We'd make sure the snow was shoveled real well. Because one, one Christmas, my mom got me and Danny and Randy each a brand new basketball. Because uh-huh. we had just gotten the rim put up there. We had just gotten the garage finished whatever year that was, and and uh, so we'd, we'd go outside sometimes with our gloves on, and we, you know, it was something to do, something to do yeah. to get out of the house. Yeah. Uh, I remember this, I remember for a while there was this, it was called a carom board, um, but you could play a whole bunch of games on it, and, uh, and it had a whole bunch of different pieces. Yeah. And, uh, uh, but I remember for a while we got playing. Well, I'm remembering a lot of things we used to do now. Good. We used to, I remember, it was fun playing, we, just little bowling pins, probably not much bigger than my thumb. Yeah. Uh, it's about all the bigger they were. And I'd set them up, and I, got, I, I drew circles, perfect circles, to where we could set them down and make the triangle in the cor- one corner of this. This carom board was square, I would say it was about, Maybe two foot square. Yeah. And uh, so, anyway, I guess it was a, you could kind of do bowling with it. It had a little round, it had a little round, I don't know how to describe it, a disc kind of thing, but it's thicker. Like a puck? Like a puck. And it had a hole in it. But so we would, so that puck, we would be on the opposite corner of where them pins were set up. And it had a couple of cue sticks because it had pockets in all four corners. So you could even kind of play pool with it, even though it wasn't a round ball. It were pucks that you were using. Okay. To, but you could, it was like playing pool with pucks. Yeah. Well, anyway, but we didn't play so much pool with that. But uh, I remembered we would, we would bowl with that. And with this puck and the cue stick, and we'd hit that puck and try to get them pins down. And we'd score it up like bowling, and and uh, so, hmm. and a game that we had a lot of fun with. My brother Jim got this. It was hockey, and you know you'd set it down on your table. So it it might have been three feet long and about a foot wide or a foot and a half wide, probably a foot and a half wide, and maybe about three feet long. Yeah. And the one that Jim originally had, the men. You could swivel them, but they couldn't move back and forth. Okay. They were, they were stationary, and they couldn't move other than swivel. Okay. And you turn the knob and swivel yeah. them. And, but that was okay because the puck was actually a marble or a ball. Okay. So that ball was always on the move. One way or the other, that ball was going to get somewhere where a guy could, you could swivel one of the guys. And so anyway, we played, we played hockey with that. And yeah. eventually that thing got wore out. And, uh, you know, couldn't use it anymore. It wasn't working anymore. And I remember the Christmas, we got a newer version of it. And, oh, we had a lot of fun with that. Okay. It, it was maybe a little bit bigger. And it had, but now these guys had slots. 
So not only could you turn them, but they also had a certain amount of space where you could move them forward and back. Yeah. So you had two forwards and two two guards, and there might have been a guy in the middle too, and then of course your goalie, and you would control all that from your side. Yeah. And man, we had some good hockey games, and you and but this had a puck, not a rolling ball. So this is something where you could you could have control of the puck and kind of try to move and set up to get a good swat in there. Okay. So you could kind of work it and set yeah. it up if you had control of the puck. So you'd play that in the dining room? or? Yeah, yeah, in the dining room. And uh, we eventually started wearing that out. The little gears started to, started to break loose from the rod that they were spot welded to, but I guess the weld broke loose. And yeah. We tried to get Leo to fix it. He tried to fix it, but I don't think Leo had anything to weld with, and, and solder wouldn't stick to that metal. Um, so anyway, it was kind of sad that it, 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 that game finally did broke. But by golly, we had a lot of fun out of it until yeah. it finally did break beyond use. Yeah. So those are things we did a lot of. We did have a lot of interaction together as brothers and sisters. And besides the neighborhood friends we had, we had right. neighborhood friends. I I should probably tell too. Um, this is a sad. This is a sad story, actually, or actually a, a story that embarrasses me to tell it but um but i'm going to tell it just because it's it's uh it's just real life kid stuff yeah um so this was when i was older like i said we we had some neighborhood friends i remember telling earlier in our interview here about as i was growing older and then some of my neighborhood friends that I first had were a little older than me, and they kind of gravitated into the popular kids at school, mm-hmm. uh, whatever. Yeah. Uh, interest in girls scenario, all of that stuff, and yeah. I wasn't quite there yet. And they weren't inviting me in. So I had some younger friends, mm-hmm. which were Danny's age. Um, but, of course, they would... You know, they would more gravitate to me being a little older. You know, maybe I could be the kingpin guy, yeah. you might yeah. say, um, in the pecking order. I mm-hmm. kind of didn't mind that, being kind of the... Um, there were a lot of scenarios where I'd be the... Let's say when I was with older kids, or even sometimes, like I said, at school, I was I was the... A geeky kid that, to be picked on, and there wasn't much I could do about it. Um, but in this scenario, I'm the one that's the bigger. Mm-hmm. Nobody, nobody messes with me. I'm in charge. Mm-hmm. But I remember one time we were sitting on my front porch, which is the porch you remember. That it was that cement porch, um, and my friends were there. The ones that were kind of Danny's age, and Danny, Danny came around, and I don't know what we were talking about or whatever. I don't remember the subject, and it doesn't matter. Whatever it was, Danny said something, and it wasn't the first time I ever picked on Danny. There were some times maybe when I wasn't I just wasn't nice to him. I don't know why. You know, I guess it's the sin nature we got in us. Mm-hmm. But one of the reasons, a lot of times the reason you do that is to impress the others around. Mm-hmm. And you think, you think you're something. Yeah. And you think you're showing yourself to be somebody. 
and like, hey, I'm a tough guy. I'm a this, I'm a that. And it's at somebody else's expense. Well, this particular time I did it, and it was at Danny's expense. And I remember Danny just had, uh, I remember, you know, we all have our mannerisms. Yeah. And uh, Danny had a mannerism. A lot of times he would just stand there and he would just do this. I'm standing now with kind of one leg kind of stretched out, and I'm, and I, and I got my, my hand at a right angle, and I'm kind of hitting it against my leg. Yeah. Just on a rig. So Danny, a lot of times, Dan, it was a mannerism he had that he would do that. Yeah. And I think he had a few other mannerisms, too. I can't remember off the top of my head. But he, anyway, I guess i got to get to the point here. So he came around, and he said something, and these other friends were around, so-called friends, and I decided to use Danny to pick on to show how tough I was. And I just started ripping on him. And I think I even made fun of his mannerism, you know, like, you're this, you're that, you, you do this, you know, and it, whatever I did, I know I just, I just raked him over the coals in front of everybody. And he finally just walked away. And I thought, ah, big deal, you know, just my brother. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you could, you can be that insensitive. Yeah. It's like, oh, big deal. You take your brother for granted, you know. Mm-hmm. So what? I picked on him before. I picked on him this time. But I remember probably after the kids went home or whatever, and I remember thinking, well, I wonder where Danny is. And I remember, I don't know where he is. And I think it probably began to occur to me that I really was kind of overboard mm-hmm. with him. And I, I guess I did start to be a little concerned about him. And I remember, this might make me cry when I get to it, I don't know. I cry easy. But anyway, I remember I started looking around, the usual places. I looked in the basement. That's a good place to look. He wasn't in the basement. I looked in his room. He wasn't in his room. I'm sure I looked at a few other places. Oh, I wonder where he went. I hope. I began to think then, I hope I didn't really hurt him that bad. That mm-hmm. I remember I finally found him. And like I said, he was probably at least, I'm sure he was at least 10. He could have been 11 or 12 by this time. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But uh, our garage had an attic, mm-hmm. kind of a nice attic. Uh, you could go up there. And mm-hmm. It had like a, a floor on it. Mm-hmm. Probably not as good as our attic, but still a pretty nice attic and a place to store stuff. Yeah. And anyway, it finally occurred to me to, well, maybe, to look up there. And I looked up there, and there he was. He was just sitting there in the attic. Yeah. He wasn't playing. He was just sitting there. Yeah. And I was feeling pretty small. Yeah. And I knew what I had done. Yeah. I didn't know quite what to do, but I remember I remember apologizing to him. Yeah. I don't remember what I all said, but I told him I, I, told him I was sorry. Yeah. And, uh. Now, I brought this up to him since we've been adults. Really? A couple of times. I remember bringing it up to him, say, in the last 10, 15 years, or maybe even the last 20 years. But more than once I brought it up to him, I just said, Danny, I remember one time I really raked you over the coals. And, you know, I kind of relayed the story to him like I did here, maybe not quite as much detail. But he said, oh, I don't remember that. I'm surprised he doesn't remember it. Yeah. But I sure remember it. Mm. I'm glad he doesn't. 
Yeah. But I still said, well, anyway, even if you don't remember Danny, I just want to say again how sorry I am. Yeah. For doing that. Because mm. that, that was a pretty mean thing to do. Mm. It's to totally put somebody down as best you can. Just put them down, down, as low as you can put them mm. till they walk away. Well, I think it shows the power of an apology, too, Dad. I mean, that probably really restored that relationship in that moment. And maybe that's why he doesn't remember it. Well, I wouldn't say I was walking with the Lord or anything. Mm. But I'm sure the Holy Spirit was bothering my conscience. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad I responded to my conscience when I did see that he was kind of broken there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, more I could say about my siblings, uh, always, but um, Randy's always been good at carpentry work and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. He, he worked with Leo um, on a lot of stuff, and he and he, Randy has a more of a natural for that kind of work, and he's good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, Danny, and Danny, I can't say enough about how he, I don't, he... I don't know that he ever really got a degree, not even from a tech school. But he ended up engineer at more than one TV station, and he's still an engineer mm-hmm. and knows his stuff. And so he must have some kind of equivalency degree or something, or just because he has the experience, they'll hire him because I've been an engineer at this TV station in, yeah. in North Carolina or whatever. Uh, so he has a resume for yeah. sure, but how he worked himself into that. Yeah. And he just started out, I remember at some point he got a job before I did. He was working for some guy just doing repair. They used to repair your tape players for your cars and things. And them days you repaired more things. You didn't just throw it away and buy a new one. Yeah. If you could repair it, you'd repair it or whatever. Yeah. Your radios, tape players, whatever. And he worked for a place in Green Bay. Um, this would have been later teens for him. But still... Um, Danny was Danny was self-taught, and he would he would I more wanted to discover by experience, but Danny did it both ways. He learned by experience, but he also did some reading to learn more and uh, understand things. So mm. anyway, mm. so uh, that's all that off the top of my head. I don't know if you need to talk about some cousins a little bit too, but yeah, no, this is deep. You know, if anything else comes to mind, too, you can bring it up. I think you covered all the questions I had here, Dad. Um, uh, Well, how many, do you want to talk about your cousins? How many cousins you have and maybe their names and who they're connected to? Well, boy, I tell you what, I can't, wasn't really that close to any of, to my cousins. I shouldn't Mm -hmm. say not close to any of them, but I wasn't real, I wasn't really close to any of them, really. Yeah. Um. I know I have a lot more cousins than I know I have, or that I know by having had experiences with them. So the few, I didn't see my cousins that often. So I would say the two cousins that I was I'm probably closest to would be Barbara and Miriam. They were uh, daughters to my uncle, Uncle Dick, uh, Richard Almer, Uncle Dick, my dad's brother. Um, he was uh, he was uh, uh, very close to our family, and and uh, he was married to my aunt Jackie. And that was another thing we in I should, as I'm talking here, I should say in our in our growing up experience, uh, 
we were always had to say Aunt this or Uncle that. We, I would never say Roger or Dick. Yeah. That was too disrespectful. No, no. You will always use the title with them. Uncle Roger, Uncle Dick, Aunt Jackie, whatever. And that's, to this day, that's mm-hmm. how I would refer to them. Yeah. So anyway, so my Uncle Dick and Aunt Jackie, and they were very, a uh, very big blessing to our family, very much to help my mom a lot, uh, after the, especially after the passing of my dad. They were there, they were there pretty much twice a week, every week for years, helping, there was still remodeling to be done on the house, and they would always come, and my Uncle Roger would come too, he, my Uncle Roger is single, he lived in Westy Pier, and, uh, that time, my Uncle Dick and Uncle Roger, they lived in Green Bay, which isn't far from Deep here, so you guys know that. Um, so they came over every Tuesday and every Saturday, but usually on Tuesday it was just Uncle Dick and Uncle Roger, and usually Aunt Jackie would come. But on Saturday, not every time, but a lot of times they would bring the kids, their kids, which they had two daughters. Miriam was my age, and I think Barbara was about a year younger. And so uh, I wouldn't say we played a lot with them, so I wouldn't say we got real, real close. But there was a short period of time where we we saw them pretty regular on a Saturday. I seem to remember in those years, it was a Saturday evening, and I think there was a show. uh, You've probably seen it already, but I'm sure you haven't seen very many. It was called Gilligan's Island. Oh, yeah. And uh, it actually is is full of a bunch of stupid humor. But I kind of like it. I don't know if it's for nostalgia reasons more than anything. There is a lot of just dumb humor that goes on in it. And uh, it's actually, I don't want to, this isn't about Gilligan's Island, but if you ever really want to ask me about it, there are a lot of things I could say about it that reasons why, for just being a stupid half-hour comedy about some these people on the island doing a bunch of stupid things, there are a lot of things I could say about it that, that I would say was kind of clever. I mean, mm-hmm. they had a couple of women on that were nice to look at. Let's put it that way. And, and uh, so, you know, you're going to rake some viewers in that way. I'm going too much into Gilligan's Island. So. Well, <laughs> Poor Dad. I mean, there was a lot of, not just about the two good-looking women on there, but there was, there was um, uh, uh, but... Gilligan was funny, and it was just a lot of dumb humor going on between him and the skipper, and yeah. whatever. I thought there were things that we watched it as kids, and we laughed. Yeah. It made us laugh, so yeah. we thought it was good. And so, anyway, that was one of the. I just remember that that, that was in prime time at that time. Okay. Uh, and we would always watch Gilligan's Island with my uh, uh, with my two cousins there, and of course my probably my younger siblings. Um. That was one of the main things we did together. And then we did something. I don't, you know, I, I want to say it's like playing house, but I don't know if it was. Maybe it was kind of like playing house where maybe I was the dad and maybe perhaps Miriam was the mom being the oldest. And then Danny would be one of the kids and Randy. And uh, I don't know if, I don't know if Barbara being the younger sister was, was one of the kids too or what. We anyway, we had some kind of roles to play, and then we'd just say stupid things to each other, and you know, I 
all right, you go to your room. Well, then you just go. To, we had a big wraparound couch in the living room, so you know, go to your room. That meant go lay down on one part of the couch. That's your room, and, and you're, yeah, you're, you know. So we, I guess, we do some kind of pretending like that, and yeah, you just have a scenario where we're yelling at each other, or I'm dealing with the kids, or yeah, or. I don't know. I, maybe there was some other scenario to that, too. I just can't remember it all. Yeah. But uh, I remember there was some nicknames. Somebody was named Rat. And it could have been me. I don't know if I was Rat or if Danny was Rat. Uh, they was just kind of, they, the girls, they made up some nickname stuff that they wanted to do. And we just went along with it. I mean, they were our cousins. They were over, and we were expected to play together, and so we did. Mm-hmm. Um, did you get together, like, for birthdays and things in the family with your cousins? No. 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 We didn't really. No. In fact, I can't even remember if I ever even had a birthday party myself. But it wasn't like I was excluded like everybody else did and I didn't. Mm-hmm. I think my mom was so busy. I mean, I wouldn't say she never made a cake. I wouldn't say we never had candles put on a cake and have a happy birthday sung to us. I'm sure my mom... I remember some of that. And we'd always get some kind of a present for our birthday. Something. Even if it was only a dollar or so. A dollar was a lot of money then. I mean, if I had a whole dollar, I could... That was a lot of money to have for mm-hmm. a little kid. So, um, I know we got a little present for our birthday, but it wasn't as good as Christmas. Christmas was Christmas yeah. was the big thing you could get. Yeah, yeah. And, and birthday was some little thing, but maybe something out of the ordinary, at least. Yeah. You were that you wouldn't get just by saying, Mom, can I get this or that? Yeah, yeah. Um, So, yeah, I would say that's... Other than that, I don't remember doing much with Barbara and Miriam. So then we had some other cousins. They were... They were... Well, actually... um, Okay, it it was Dwayne and Betty. And they would be like an aunt and an uncle to me. Because that was their age. They were, I think, maybe just about, they were around my mom's age. Maybe slightly younger, but pretty close in age to my mom. So they were actually my cousins. It was the my Aunt Betty, or it was Betty. I just called them Dwayne and Betty because they weren't my aunt and uncle. They were my cousins. Who were they related? Which side? Your mom's or your uh, dad's? My mom's side. Okay. So, um, Betty was... My mom was the youngest in her family. Right. And so that's why my mom is so close in age to a niece of hers. Yeah. Betty would have been my mom's niece, but they were pretty close in age. Mm -hmm. So, and then there was, okay, Dwayne. So they had, I don't know how many kids they had, but I'm going to, they had one, three, I bet they had at least five kids. I don't think they had seven, as many as us, but. So what do I remember about them? They came over to our house a few times, certainly before my dad died. I think they'd usually come. They lived in Milwaukee. And I think they'd usually come see us a couple times a year anyway, no matter what. I remember when my dad died, They, I think they came more often. Mm-hmm. I think they're, they were trying to be some kind of support to my mom. Yeah. Um, and I, I think, yeah, I think they're, uh, I didn't care for them to come. I didn't particularly like my cousins from that family, 
There was one older one I got along with okay. He wasn't a problem, and he was older than me, and we got along okay. I kind of liked him okay, but I didn't like any of his younger siblings. I remember, probably like anybody coming over, but, you know, they'd want to play with your toys. Mm -hmm. Well, I figured they're going to wreck my toys, so I pretty much hid my toys when I knew they were coming. <laughs> the toys I cared about were hidden. Mm -hmm. I remember one time they even asked, well, where's your toys? Ain't you got any toys? I said, well, I guess there's a couple over there, you know, probably some toys I didn't care about. But Dad, that's not like you to squirrel things away that you don't want other people to touch. No? That's just not like you. Uh, ha, ha. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I squirreled away the good ones. Um, I would say they probably figured it out. Where are your toys? Anyway, so I remember, one thing I remember about these kids, it might be part of what I didn't like about them too, is they were pretty disrespectful with their mm -hmm. parents. They'd talk back. And they, I might have even heard their mom they say shut up to their mom or something. I heard, all I knew is they were saying things to their parents that if I said to mine, I knew I was going to, Get a major spanking at the very least. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I just knew I don't go there. And I thought, how do these kids get away with that? Uh, why do they let, why do the parents let them do that? Yeah. So my opinion of these cousins was that they were kind of brats. Mm. And they were all younger than me, except for maybe the daughter. Um, the daughter was probably the second... There was the oldest boy was older than me by maybe a year, so he might have been Steve's age. And then the, the daughter might have been my age or maybe one year younger. But I didn't care much for any of them, too much. Of course, the girl went one way or the other. I wouldn't say she was a brat or whatever, but I didn't. She was just a, a girl cousin that I wasn't, I could care less yeah. about playing with my girl cousin. Um, I'm glad my grandkids get along good, though. Uh, I'm glad that boys and girls, the cousins of my grandkids, get along a lot better than whatever. So, yeah. do you have any? Do you stay in touch with any of your cousins still now? Not really much. No. Uh, once in a while, uh, maybe Barbara and Miriam, if she comes from California. Okay. Maybe we'll get together for a meal or something. Yeah. Uh, what but, about on your mom's side? Uh, any? No. No. See, okay. that just goes to show I wasn't very close to him. Yeah. But uh, but I got a good, I probably got a good little cousin story about the ones I didn't care for. Um, I, this was after my dad had died. Okay. So, and this is my Dwayne and Betty cousins. Uh, I don't remember the last name. It doesn't matter. And, uh. I think they grew up to be fairly good kids, too. I think some of them are even Christians, but little I know of them. We haven't stayed in touch. I think maybe they turned out better than what I remembered them as being little brats, you know. I think most of them turned out pretty good, as far as I know. Um, so anyway, they're younger kids. I'm a younger kid. I remember I was, in this, I was in this stage where I was playing with, I was making parachutes, homemade parachutes. And... Uh, what I would do with these parachutes, I, we had a bow and I had a bow and an arrow. It wasn't, it didn't have enough power 
it didn't have enough power to like hunt with. Although we did hunt, some, I did hunt some squirrels with it in the neighborhood. And I remember one time putting an arrow through a squirrel with it and killed it and killed it. <gasps> so I mean, it was a, it was more powerful than a toy. Yeah, bow and arrow, but it wasn't powerful enough to go deer hunting or anything. Yeah, um, but it could be dangerous at any rate. But it could shoot an arrow up in the air quite far. So we'd buy, I remember they were 25 cents for an arrow. It was a simple target arrow, target practice arrow. Um, and uh, so I, I, I wanted to be able to send something way up in the air and let it come down on a parachute. And I thought, how can I do this? And I finally figured out, oh, I can use an arrow. I could tie my parachute to this arrow. And if I want it on the top... The arrow going up is going to keep the parachute on the arrow. But then oh. once it reaches its full height, it'll come It'll come off of the parachute. The parachute will open and it'll float down. So you wanted to launch the parachute into the air. Yes, with okay. something on it for the parachute to gently let down. Yeah. So this is what I had figured out, and I was having fun with it. It was a little project I was doing, and I was into it. But I had to make parachutes so what i do is i get saran wrap um plastic wrap whatever i'd get a plate lay it on there and then i would cut around that plate so i had a nice perfect circle then i took my some kite string i had i would tie that up so i had about i don't know at least six to eight strings coming off you know i'd fold it around till i had six or eight and then i tie it and whatever, and then I'd cut the ends off with the scissors. I'd have like eight strings coming down and then one string coming off of those eight. And then all I got to do is attach that to the parachute. So um, I had, I'm making this parachute. These cousins came over, you know. I'm making my, because the parachutes would eventually break, I had to make new ones. So I'm making this parachute. I also got, um, it was probably masking tape, uh, best I remember, and then a hole puncher. And so I would punch out, punch out uh, little round circles out of the masking tape, little, little round pieces of tape. That's what I used to fasten each line oh. e- evenly onto that parachute, and yeah. it seemed to hold pretty well. And so I was making the parachute, and I'm cutting these these little round sticky circles out of the tape, and I'm. Setting them down on the table ever so gently, but you know, if you want tape to stick, you touch it as little as possible before you use it. Yeah. So one of these little cousins were over, and they're kind of watching me make this, and one of them touches one of them, you know, touches one of them uh, sticky thing, sticky circles I made, and I said, "Don't," I said, "Don't do that." I said, "I'm, I don't, I want it to be sticky," and. So I told him once, but then he did it again. And I said, I told you not to do that. And I think he thought, oh, what's he going to do about it, you know? I, I'm i pretty sure then he did it a third time. He, I don't know if I warned him after the second or the third, but maybe it was after the second or whatever. I warned him, I said, if you do that again, I'm going to slug you. I don't think he believed me. And plus, his parents were there in the house. They were in a different room. 
They were in the living room. I was in the dining room. You kids know where that is. I was at the dining room making this. And so David, the oldest, was there. David was the oldest boy that I said, I got along okay with him. He wasn't no trouble. He should have told his brother to stop it and maybe, dis, you know, like, hey, leave it alone or I'll smack you. Because a brother can get away with it, but you don't normally hit your cousin. But David didn't do anything about it. And this kid was still deciding he thought he could just do that. And I had warned him. So, okay, he did it a third or a fourth time, whatever it was. He did it an, He did it another time after I warned that I was going to slug him. So he did it again. So then I, okay. And here again, we didn't hit anybody in the face or in the gut or nothing like that. So I just wailed one on his arm. And he looked at me and said, that didn't hurt. So I thought, oh, I'll wail one on him as hard as I can. And I did. Wham! On his arm again. <laughs> that one hurt. Because he broke into a cry. And he ran into the living room where his dad was. He said, Dad, David hit me. And I think his dad probably thought it was David, his older brother. Yeah. So all of a sudden I hear this. And he had a booming voice. Yeah. I hear this booming voice come out of the living room. David, come here. And so David was in there with me, but we both went in there. So I yeah. went in with him because I didn't know he might have been calling me. So I figured, well, he probably told the story. And I, he's calling David. I don't know if it's his son or me, but I better go. So I did. And he wanted to know what happened. And he probably asked his son first. I can't remember. But his son maybe. I don't remember the details of who got asked or whatever. But I remember I explained it because I thought. And I still felt justified, and I was going to, I didn't have any problem going in there, and whatever was going to happen to me, fine, but I'm going to tell my story. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did, and I told him. I said, I, t- I told him, I warned him, and he did this, and I did that, and I told the whole story exactly how it happened. And then he said, okay, <clears throat> okay, you can leave. And I think he told his kid to stay in there or whatever, but he was blah, he was blah, blah. touching your sticky circles. He was touching my sticky circles. And, you know, I don't feel bad about that incident. Not one bit. I thought that little brat deserved that slug, and I don't regret slugging him. Yeah. Um, blah, blah, blah. You were justified. I felt I was quite justified. I gave him I gave him plenty of warning. Oh, man. Anyway, that's, that's a cut. That's a good story. That's a good story. So, uh, anything else come to mind, Dad, that you want to share? You told some great stories. I think oh, you really gave I remember a good one cousin, Mark. That would have been on uh, I, my aunt Arlene. You might remember this was her son. So Arlene was the twin sister. Twin sister to of Armand. No, my dad was twins with probably Uncle Clayton, and I think Uncle Roger was a twin with. Boy, there were a lot of twins in my dad's family. At least two sets. I don't think three. I thought Arlene was a twin. Arlene might have been twin with... can't remember who. My mom would know. Uh, Arlene could have been a twin with... Uh, but who? I don't know which one. I, I bet Mom knows. Now we're both digressing, Dad. Yeah, we're both digressing. I know. So, well, well at any rate, where, what was I saying? Um, so this would have been her son. And they lived in Gary, Indiana. So I didn't see him very much. If not even, not even once a year. 
um, maybe once every couple of years or something. But I remember he he came over once, and he was he was, he was a good, he was a good strong kid. He wasn't much a lot bigger than me, but I knew he was stronger than me. Mm-hmm. So I had this we had kind of this like a BB gun, kind of a pop gun. But I would like put it on my leg, put the back of it on my leg, and I would pull the lever up and cock it, and then bring it up and. I remember he could just hold it, and he just. I thought, "Whoa, he's he must <laughs> he must do some work or something that I don't do." I mean, he's he's definitely stronger than me. I wouldn't want to get into a fight with him. He probably could beat the crap out of me. But him and I got along, so it wasn't no problem. Um, yeah, I don't think he got along so good with Randy, but I won't get into that. Um. Uh, where else do we want to go? That was pretty much it for the cousins. Yeah, I think you did You did good, Dad. One other cousin I remember, name of Bruce, but I didn't know too much about him. So, yeah, most of my cousins I didn't see much of. We mm-hmm. didn't get together very often. So, yeah. consequently, we never really got close. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, Dad, I think, uh, I think you'd... You uh, painted a good picture here of your siblings and your cousins, and I'm sure they're going to obviously come up again in some of the other topics we talk about, but yeah. All right, thank you, Dad. You're welcome.